Let me say Merry Christmas, everyone. How you doing so far, huh? You guys ready for the Christmas season? It is awesome. It's in full throttle. What are we laughing at? Somebody's laughing. I walked out last service. I had a marshmallow still stuck in my uh, collar. So that's okay. I'm glad I could be the butt of your jokes. That's all right. Everybody always picks on the big guy. That's all right. And I'm the target. Why did everybody throw at me? I used to play paintball with our student ministry until my own team members started turning on me back in the day and shooting me. There's, you know, there's nowhere to hide. I don't care how big a bell of hay you have out in the field. There is nowhere to hide for a guy my size. It is just, I'm a, and, and, you know, I'm not as nimble and agile as I used to be either. So it's just, uh, it's, it's difficult. But we're glad you're here. Merry Christmas, everybody. And uh, hey, it's okay to have a little fun in church. Amen. How many of you grew up in a church that was dull and boring and put you to sleep, right? Amen. We're going to change that. We believe that this life that Jesus came to give everyone is a life that is fun, that is off the chain. It's dynamic. It ought to be, it ought to be celebrated. Amen. Those of you that are watching online, thanks for tuning in today. We're glad that you are watching us. Hope you've enjoyed your breakfast and those PJs are nice and cozy. You guys know I'm talking to you. You guys watching online, I know that you've not showered, brushed your teeth, and gotten ready for worship this morning. But we're glad that you guys are watching us today. And for those of you that are live and in the house uh, today, the, uh, we are honored to have you uh, with us here. Hey, uh, it, it is Christmas, and I know that with the swing of, of it getting ramped up with Cyber Monday and Black Friday and all this stuff, I, I know that, hey, just want to let you know that. That Listen, we, we have a store, Restore, out here in our atrium. I don't know if you're aware of that, but uh, if you're looking for some, some, some nice 1910 Christmas swag or swag to put, give to your family members, we've got great stocking stuffers. We've got water bottles, journals. There are necklaces out there. Listen, this is just a transparent moment yesterday. Yesterday, I spent about an hour and a half at Sam Moon shopping with my family and looking for stuff. And, and uh, men, listen, I, I, Sam Moon, it kind of sounds like a dude's store, but it's not. It is not. In fact, in the Greek, I think it means misery for all mankind. And so, uh, but anyway, no, we had a great time and it's been good. I, I did get to go to REI, which was awesome. Now, that's more of a, my type of, of, of place right there, right? REI and, and Torchy's Tacos. I mean, you can't been a good day. Amen. Come on. Hey, but we're glad you guys are here. But if you're looking for some swag, we've got some great merch over in our restore area. Hey, listen, there, there's, there, there, by the way, many of you are going to be making some commitments over the next few weeks for the following year. How many of you make resolutions? Don't, don't, nobody raises their hand. You bunch of liars. That's okay. Today we're speaking about lying. And uh, that's today's certain. Listen, but here's the deal. I know a lot of us set out with good intentions at the beginning of the year and make some decisions and things like that. But listen, what about reading the Word of God? We're going to talk more about this in, in January in particular. But we've got a great resource out there about reading the Bible uh, and, letting, and letting it supernaturally kind of change the way. Listen, we believe at 1910 that you ought to read the Bible not for information but for transformation. And, and letting God's word really change and transform who we are. Amen? And so there's a great resource, a book out there. I believe it's like 25 bucks you can purchase. It's awesome. But I'm excited about a shirt that, that, that I designed. I didn't design it, but I kind of cast the vision for it. And it's in, it's, in, it's in balsam green for the holiday season. But, uh, you know, Luke 19 is kind of a, a big verse for us here at, 
a, a chapter for us here at 1910 Church. Uh, in Luke chapter 19, the first nine verses in Luke, you, you read a story about a wee little man, and a wee little man was he, his name was... It was Zacchaeus, not Moses, Zacchaeus, Moses' Old Testament. This is Zacchaeus in the book of Luke. And, 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 and I love that we were challenged, especially I remember this summer, our, our camp pastor at campus. And by the way, if you're, if you're a parent of a teenager, grades 6 through 12, you need to go ahead and mark out that week of July 4th for your student to go to camp with us in Colorado. I'm just telling you right there, God hath spoken to me that you need to do that for your student. Great Christmas present. They're, they'll never be the same. But, but we heard this idea about, about the, the incredible thing in that story in Luke 19.10 or 19 about Zacchaeus was well, there's so many great components there. But, but I love the, the idea of the tree in that story. We don't focus a lot on the tree. But do you realize that that sycamore tree that day became the vehicle in which Zacchaeus got a clearer picture as to who Jesus was? You see, that sycamore tree, had it not been there that day, that wee little man would not have had a vantage point to climb up to, to get a clearer view as to who Jesus is. Are you with me there? So listen, here's what I believe. We as Christians, as the blood bought the redeemed, those that have said yes to Jesus, are to be the tree for other people. Other people ought to be able to, to, to from what we do, what we say, what they see in us, get a clear vantage point as to who Jesus is. Oh, come on, man. You know that'll preach right there. And so we, we, we've got a shirt called Be the Tree. It's out there. It's on sale for like 15 bucks. You can purchase that. And uh, be, be the tree. We are to be the tree. Listen, are you helping other people get a vantage point as to who Jesus is? Are you being the tree? And I'm not talking about running down Main Street carrying somebody piggyback. I mean, you can. That, that's weird. And we're going to talk more about that in a few minutes. But, 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 but listen, people ought to be able to see Jesus through us. Are you with me there? Be the tree, somebody. Come on, that'll preach. Can we just, that's, that's awesome, isn't it? Amen. Good. So check out Restore uh, on your way out today. It's, it's, it's a great resource for us. Hey, uh, we believe that God is doing some awesome things. I believe that these next four to five weeks, the Christmas season, are an incredible opportunity for us to show people who Jesus is. Amen. From lights on our houses to to wishing people Merry Christmas, to, to, to just being, it just seems like people are nicer sometimes, most of the time. I, oh, I also went to Bath and Body Works yesterday because three wick candles were on sale for $8.95. I stood in line for 45 minutes for a freaking three wick candle. Now that candle's normally like $59.99, but... But I got it for nine bucks, so it's awesome. But, but most of the time, people are nice, unless you're standing in a line like that. But uh, this is a great opportunity, I believe, during Christmas for us to give a reason um, why we celebrate. Because we have a Savior that went to the cross, and he, he died for us to change our lives. Amen? But he didn't just come to save us. He saves the whole world. That's his desire. And so I pray that we would be a tree. I pray that we would preach the good news of Jesus Christ this Christmas season. But as much as he's at work here, we also believe that, 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 that he's loosed all over this area. We pray for other churches here at 1910 Church because we believe that, that this is just, just a blip on God's radar as to greater things that he's doing all around the world at other places of worship today. Amen? So I hope that you guys are okay that we pray for other places of worship. Today we're going to do that again, and we're going to pray today for Leon Springs Baptist Church. Pastor Dan Allen is their pastor. I saw Pastor Dan this week. I, I, I stopped in for a ministry moment at the Flagstock Cafe. And um, hey, listen, I'm willing, your pastor's willing to go wherever the Lord sends him. Amen? 
Come on, somebody. Um, I ran into Pastor Dan. I hadn't seen Pastor Dan in, in, in a long time. Didn't know that he had gone through some health issues over the last several months. And uh, so we were able, in about a three-minute conversation as he was leaving and I was coming in. And, and uh, we got to catch up real quick. But uh, I, I was just reminded of what a great man of God he is and how he's been faithful to preaching the good news of Jesus Christ not only in Leon Springs, but, but literally everywhere God sends him. So I want us to pray for that fellowship today if we can. Can we do that? I know you've been standing. I know some of you are throwing your arm out of socket, but I'm going to ask you to stand up one more time today. We're not going to throw anything. We're going to grab somebody's hand. And don't worry about the marshmallow goo that's on their finger right now. Just grab their hand, okay? And uh, somebody's already licked it off. That's really gross. And now you're holding their hand. It's disgusting. That's okay. We have hand sanitizer on your way out today. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for being a Savior that is worth talking about, right? Man, Lord, we declare that, that you are worthy of all the glory. There is no one else that deserves our praise. You deserve the highest praise. And we're going to give you everything we have because you are worthy. We come and adore you, Christ the Lord. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. We have a reason to sing joy because Jesus has come and Jesus changes environments and he changes people's lives. And Holy Spirit, we want to thank you for being with us here today. I, I, as I drove in this morning and that fog just permeated the landscape around here, Lord, just symbi I just thought of your presence being a thick cloud. And Lord, I, I, you're with us right now. Can you feel him? His presence is here. And Lord, we know that when you show up, you want to bring transformation. You want to bring life change. You don't just gather your people and assemble us to, to, to throw marshmallows at each other. No, you call us together because you desire to transform us. And that's why I'm excited today. Lord, just as much as your spirit is alive and working here, we know also that your spirit is present at Leon Springs Baptist Church today. God, I thank you for Dan Allen, the man of God he is. I pray for Pastor Dan today as he stands and as he preaches your word. I pray that he would preach the sermon of his life. Oh, the enemy doesn't stand a chance at Leon Springs Baptist Church today because your servant has received a word from you and he is going to speak the truth and God, people's lives are going to be changed and transformed. God, thank you for Pastor Dan Allen. Lord, I, I know that they are getting ready to break ground on a new worship center. Is that not awesome? Lord, in a day and time in which so many churches are closing their doors, Lord, I celebrate and give you glory for churches that are having to add space. Come on, somebody. They're having to build on because, God, you keep sending people, Lord. Whoa, that's what you do. Hey, the preacher's role is to fill the pulpit. You fill the seats. That's what you do, God. And so, God, I thank you for Pastor Dan and how he's continued to fill that pulpit. And Lord, you are sending people. Lord, we pray that as they build, that it would just go according to your divine plan. Lord, I pray for more resources, more money than they need in order to accomplish the task. I'm praying, God, for the piece of land that's still next to them that's available that they need for even future expansion. Lord, I'm praying for the owner of that land, a well-known country singer in this area who has a horse stable just right down the street, that he would give that, that he would give that to Leon Springs Baptist Church and bless them with that, Lord. It's your land. It's yours. Lord, reclaim that for your divine holy purpose, Lord. Bless Pastor Dan and them today. Oh, Lord, we love him. Holy Spirit, thanks for what you're doing here. 
I want to thank you for our 34,000 square foot facility we're in right now. But God, we've got still places that you want to grow us and expand us. Lord, I'm praying that we would take care of this $1.7 million that we still owe on this facility. So God, this first seed that you've given us, Lord, this first stamp, this first footprint on these 30 acres, Lord, that literally are not just changing people's lives here, but literally around the world. God, I pray that you would prove, we could prove ourselves faithful to you, that you can trust us with even more. So Lord, I'm praying for the $1.7 million to come in. You have it right now, Father. Your people do. They do. Lord, I want to thank you for the $10 check that came in this week. Lord, I thank you for the 5000 one. Lord, that 100000 that came in, whew, thank you, Jesus. Lord, there's more out there. I pray that we would respond with a heart of gratitude. Lord, we are so quick to spend money this time of the year. Let us, let us invest in eternal things, God, things that are not wood, hay, or stubble. We don't need more crap. No, God, we need to advance the kingdom. Come on. Father, change us today. Do a great work in this place. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. amen. Thank you, guys. You can have a seat today. You guys ready? Ask your neighbors there. Are you ready? Wow. Okay, stop talking. Stop it. Stop it. Marshmallow time is over. I'm going to hit you. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, you know that there are some weird things in our world, right? There are some weird things. I don't know if you... Some of you today throwing marshmallows in, in the house of God is weird. I, I know it's weird, right? But there are some weird things in the world around us, aren't there? Clowns. Clowns are weird. Anybody a clown professionally? They're weird. They're, 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 hey, belly buttons are weird, aren't they? Belly buttons are weird. Tofu? I mean, what is that? It's weird. Oklahoma? <laughs> okay, dismiss everybody. We can notice. How about cow tongue? You ever thought about that? And it's weird that people eat that mess. We had uh, one of our missionaries from Malawi, Corinne Rogers, here first service. I said cow tongue. She said, yes, praise Jesus this morning. So if you've got any cow tongue laying around, I know where we can get bless somebody with. Giblet gravy is weird to me. It's just weird. Canned cranberry sauce. Just, it jiggles. I'm like, oh. and we eat that mess. That's weird to me. Snuggies. Snuggies are weird. You know what's weirder than that? Grown men in Snuggies. The dude that's modeling on TV. How much money did that bro make for that commercial? I mean, can you give me like some cologne to model or something, but a cheetah print? Snuggy? Mullets. There are just so many weird things in our culture, aren't they? Hey, do you know that people are weird too? There, there are some weird. How many of you came to church this morning with somebody weird? Somebody watching online, somebody weird. Yeah, there's a whole family raised their hand back over here. Hey, one of y'all are not right. Somebody's not right in that car. People are weird. People that drive under the speed limit are weird to me. Listen, let me just help you out with something. They've already tested that racetrack you're on, and they know what a safe speed is for you to drive. What's posted is safe. You don't got to drive under that. Driving under the speed limit. 
Hey, people that pose for photos with their cat. It's weird to me. I have a buddy that I went to high school with. He's a black belt jujitsu. He is a bad mamma jamma, but homeboy posts pictures on Facebook with his cat. That may be why he's still single today, too. Amen? He needs to find him a woman. Weird people. Those who choose free birds over Chipotle. I mean, they're just some weird people in our culture today. They're just weird. Today, we start out on a series entitled Weirdos. Weirdos. And I'm a little offended because in one of the graphics, they put my picture up. Weirdos. I looked up the word weirdo because some of you are offended right now. But here's what the word weirdo means when you look it up in the dictionary. It is a person who is extraordinarily strange or eccentric. A person whose, whose dress or behavior seems strange or eccentric. Now, I understand strange, and I understand, but I don't understand that other SAT word there, eccentric. And so I, I, I looked it up a little bit. Here's what eccentric means. It means unconventional. It means uncommon or abnormal. If, something, if someone is eccentric, they're irregular, they're odd, they're strange or, or peculiar. They're bizarre. They're, they're a nonconformist. If someone's eccentric, they're way out. They're just an oddball. Now, do you know any weirdos? Yeah. Yeah, weirdos. So here's what we're doing this Christmas at 1910 Church. We are looking for people who, who don't fit in. We're looking for weirdos. If you stick out like a sore thumb, if you regularly feel like an oddball, if you consider yourself a freak, a geek, or a misfit, check this out. We're looking for you. We are looking for you. Maybe you'll understand a little bit more if you'll just listen for the next few minutes and keep coming back in the weeks after this. Because as we journey together, I think you're going to begin to understand a little bit better when I say we're looking for weirdos. And it's time for us to become a little weird today. You know, Christians are weird too, aren't they? I said it. We're weird. We, we, we are weird. We, we, in settings like this, we, we oftentimes refer to one another as, hey, brother, or hey, sister. We're, we're, we're not like blood family, but, but we, you know, I, I prayed for the family gathered at Leon Springs Baptist Church today. I don't have like, like brown family members there. there but but, but we, we, we use words in the church that are just kind of weird to, to people as well, Right? Um, we, we're, we're weird in the church. We, we have my seat that you sit in every Sunday. And, and heaven forbid anybody get your seat, right? Or sit in your section. It messes you up. So, so it throws some of you in a tailspin, and you just don't think you can worship because you didn't get the red seat on aisle seven, right? And then you didn't. Took your seat. We're weird. Hey, hey, we're we're weird as Christians because, hey, you know what? We, we could open up a Bible bookstore because so many of us have copies of God's Word just laying around, don't we? You, you could make some money this Christmas season. But here's what's going to happen. Some of you are going to ask for Bible number 22 because you just need a new one, right? Different translation, different version. You got the other 20 that are laying not reading it. But that's a different sermon series. But, but anyway, we're, we're, we're weird. Christians are weird. Hey, hey, Christians, uh-oh, here we go. Some of you will, 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 will camp out 
or, or, or show up early for Black Friday shopping, but you can't get to the house of the Lord to worship the King of Kings on time. <laughs> you see what I did? But that's true, isn't it? It's true. We, we, we thought about inviting Billy Graham to come preach today, but I was embarrassed because some of y'all missed him. Be late. You know, we're weird. We're just weird. Hey, I want us to begin to understand something together. We need to be weird. We, we, we need to be a little abnormal and uncommon. I, I believe that we need to be a little bizarre and a little freakish as believers in Christ. I mean, just think about it. As Christians, we, we don't live like the rest of the world. We, we, we don't follow the crowd. We, what, what, what's considered normal in the, in the eyes of, of the world, that it, it isn't normal for, for the Christian. Or at least it shouldn't be. <laughs> you see, a Christian lives a radical life. The Christian life is radical because well, we don't tell God what to do. We don't pick and choose what, what parts of, of the Bible we want to believe. It's, it's radical, this thing called the Christian life, because we don't decide for ourselves what is, what is right and wrong. We, we don't even live for ourselves as Christians. We, we rely on, on God and his word to tell us what's right and wrong. It's weird. That's radical. You see, God's word tells us what real truth is and what real peace is feels like. And for those of you that may be searching this Christmas season for peace on earth, man, I, I'm glad you're searching because you can find it. It's found through a baby born in a manger. His name is, is Jesus. And he came to bring peace on earth and goodwill to men. That's not just words in, in a song so a composer could sell more copies, but it's true. It's true. And we can know what real truth is in a day and age in which it just seems like there's, there's not many blacks, black or white issues. Everything just kind of great, right? We, we can know what real truth is because God's word lays that out for us. You see, a radical Christian life, it, it means not living for, for ourselves, but, but it's living for God and it's living for others. And so here's what we're going to do over the next few weeks. And I hope that, that, that you'll keep coming or, or tuning in if you can't make it here physically. We're, we're going to begin to look through God's word because there are some weird people in the Bible. There, there's, some weird, there's some weird stories, right? I mean, just think about the birth of Jesus. That's weird, isn't it? You, you ever seen one played out that way before? It's never happened once. Even as we talk about this baby born a manger, Jesus himself, I mean, Jesus was weird. Je Jesus was a nonconformist, wasn't he? L listen, Jesus didn't fit in all the time. He was not popular. He was a little freakish, some people considered him, right? In fact, when you read scripture, you'll find that Jesus didn't own anything in this world besides the clothes on his back. Matthew chapter 8, verse 20 says that Jesus didn't even have a place to lay his head. He didn't have a home. He didn't have some sort of side business to support himself. No, he was weird. You know, Jesus focused on one thing while he was here on earth. 
And that one thing was going to the cross to take away the sins of the world. That was his ultimate goal. That's weird. I mean, think about it. Moms and dads, you you give birth to a child, and, and their only goal in life is to go and die for people who, who will not accept them, who will continue to reject them, people that will make fun of him, people that, that, that he doesn't even know, people that don't care. Listen, but, but, but your child is going to go, that's his sole purpose for being born, was to go and die for people that did not give a rip about him. That's not normal. That's abnormal. That's weird. But I'm telling you, that's the Christmas story, isn't it? That God sent his one and only son, a baby born in a manger, who would come and bring peace, who would come and ultimately give up his life for the sins of the world. Not just for people who who would say yes to him, but for everyone, even those that would reject him. And he would purposefully put himself in in the line of, of attacks time and time again. He would go against what culture said as he walked on this earth. He yelled and he he got angry at religious people. But yet to those who were the outcasts and on the fringes of society, oh, he had a special heart for them. And he loved them. And he issued mercy towards them. Jesus was weird. That's not normal, is it? That's certainly not normal in biblical times. But I got to tell you, it's not normal in these times either, is it? I mean, who simply walks around and says, my ultimate purpose in life is to die for all mankind? Now, I know that many of us have, have run into some, some, some difficult situations, and some of us have maybe, maybe run into environments that were dangerous while others were running out. But I'm talking about Jesus' only purpose was to go to the cross. That's why we worship him. He would come for one. There were 8 billion reasons why Jesus gave his life, and he would do it 100 billion times again for you. Listen, if you're here today, I'm going to make a statement, and then you can zone out, tune out. You can leave if you want to, but I don't want you to miss this today. If you're here today and you have never experienced the love of a Savior, who loved you even though you don't love him, you don't even know him, but yet he still pursues And he gave up his life so that you could have life. If you don't know him, here's what I want to ask. At the end of our time together today, we're going to have some men and women standing down front here today. And and, and I would like for you to come and just say, hey, listen, could you tell me about this love that Jesus has for me? If there's anything we could do for you this Christmas season that, that would be the greatest gift, the greatest present that we could ever give... It's this story of a baby born whose ultimate purpose was to go to a cross and to die, to give his life up so that you could have one. That goal of dying for the world caused Jesus to live this radical life of love. 
and sacrifice. It was a radical life of love and sacrifice for you and me. And that same radical love flows into our hearts as we we read about him throughout Scripture. We see this radical, selfless life of a Savior who who should motivate us, who, who should empower us to live a radical life for him out of thanks and out of gratitude for all that he's done for us. Listen, come on, somebody. Has Jesus been good to anybody in this house? And as I consider what he's done for me, how could I not in return want to live my life for him? You see, I no longer live for myself. And it's time for us to get a little bit weird in this house. It's time for us to live this radical life that demonstrates God's grace to others. We as believers, as Christians, need to be weird like that. We need to get weird. There's a verse of scripture that I love that talks about our weirdness that I want to remind you of today. And it's found in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Peter writes these words. Dear friends, I warn you as, quote, temporary residents and foreigners. Some translations say as aliens. (laughs) That's weird. I warn you to keep away from the worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. You know that we're just a passing through, as Jim Reeves would say in a song. This world is not our home. And Peter's wanting to remind us here that, hey, listen, we're, we're outsiders here on earth. We, we, we need to be careful of these things that culture throws at us that, that wage war against us. I love how it reads in the message translation. Let me read it for you from that translation. It says this, friends, this world is not your home, so don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. I know that this is not a word for us, is it? Live an exemplary life among the natives so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Then they'll be won over to God's side and and be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. Here's what Peter's doing here in, in this passage. Peter is is talking to to Christians and reminding us that that we are foreigners and aliens here on earth. This world is our temporary dwelling place. Our permanent home is heaven. Now, now, now I'm not talking about heaven that we see in cartoons or on TV where where, where angels are are, are floating around on clouds with harps and, and, and wings. I'm talking about the real heaven where the King of kings, the Lord of lords reigns for all eternity. Amen? God has been revealing his plan throughout history, all throughout time, through through the very beginning of creation. God of creation, throughout the beginning of creation, God has been revealing this perfect story to us. And he's given us his son, Jesus, that continues to relate this God story. He's left with us the Holy Spirit. Why? So that we can participate in his kingdom even while we're here on earth. You see, that's my concern. So many of us are just waiting for heaven. And we're missing out on the life that God wants us to experience and live here on earth. Or we think it's just on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. That's it. That's the God hour. 70 minutes. That's all you get. Savior of my life, King of kings, that's what you get. No, he wants us to participate even now. 
Heaven is, 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 is waiting for us, absolutely. But listen, while we're still here, we prayed this this morning with the dudes in my office. Hey, listen, there must be a reason you and I are still here today. And it's not just so that you can make me feel good you showed up for 70 minutes today. No, but there's a purpose for your life today. You know that. There's something that God wants to do through you to advance his kingdom this day. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Peter's reminding us that even though this world is not our home and there is work for us to do while we're here, let's live life to its fullest while we're here on earth. Listen, someday the Lord will return in his glory and he will reign over all. You can count on it. You can count on it. Now listen, I want you to know, man, we got to go. We got to lock and load. Here we go. You are not alone today. If you sometimes feel out of place as a Christian, I mean, let's just be honest. This world as a whole disregards God, doesn't it? it has it not changed since when you were a younger kid? Some of you older peoples or, or, or in the times of your grandparents or great I mean, things are just changing. This is a world that as a whole disregards God. So so here's the deal. Knowing that we are strangers here means that, that we need to live with different priorities and loyalties. We're Christians. The world has a disregard for all things of God. But we need to begin to live with a different set of priorities and loyalties. Our citizenship is It's heaven. It's not here. Our focus should be on living a life to please God, which which may mean that oftentimes we might have to choose to make some unpopular decisions. We might have to sacrifice in some of our choices in order to remain faithful to him. Now, what I want to do today and what I want to do over the next year, I want to show you that it's possible. There are some people that have lived weird lives throughout Scripture. I was, it's Christmas, and so I'm gearing up for Advent and getting ready for Christmas in the city, by the way, on the town square where the gazebo is. Christmas Eve, it's a Sunday night, no morning services here. We're going to gather on the square. There'll be about 2,500 of us there, and it's awesome. And I'm going to preach the sermon of my life. This one's warm up. <laughs> As I was getting ready for Christmas and thinking about it and reading through Advent and all that, in Luke chapter 2, there's, there's an incredible story about the birth of Jesus. We read as we continue in Luke chapter 2, we oftentimes stop there, but, but eventually his parents take him at eight days old to the temple to be circumcised. And, and while he's there, we read about a man by the name of Simeon. And Simeon is a man of God, and Simeon has been praying for the long-awaited Messiah. Simeon has, 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 has basically said, oh, God, listen, please do not remove me from this earth until I am able to behold the one who will change the world. And after Jesus, or in the temple there, Simeon is made aware and comes face-to-face with this baby by the name of Jesus. And Simeon basically makes the the declaration, okay, God, my life is now complete. You can take me home because I've seen the promised awaited one, and here he is. 
After you read about Simeon, we read about a lady in the Bible by the name of Anna. We don't read a lot about Anna throughout Scripture. In fact, when we read about Anna here in Luke chapter 2, you, 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 you find that Anna's life started out basically following the, the same script as everyone else's. But, but soon, Anna's life script began to change. Anna begins to, to dance to the beat of a, of a different drum. We, we read that Anna was widowed just seven years into her marriage, and Anna decided to, to live her life at that point differently than most people. In fact, it was so radical, Anna moved into the temple. And there in the temple, she would pray night and day, every day, and she did this for decades. Anna's seat in the temple was never unoccupied. She was there. Luke 2.37 says she never left the temple, but she stayed there day and night worshiping God with fasting and prayer. How often? Every day. Day and night. She never left. We struggle with giving God about two minutes of prayer cumulative throughout the day. And forget me calling you guys to a fast I mean, it's been 45 minutes since you ate your last, you know, donut hole, and some of you feel like you're about to perish right now, right? But for decades, it says, after Anna loses her wife or her husband seven years into marriage, she has a radical change in her life and becomes devoted completely to the Lord. We find her throughout Scripture. That's weird to me. Praying and fasting for decades... Anna didn't spend any of her time doing the usual stuff that everyone in that day and age were doing. She spent, Scripture says, all of her time worshiping and praying. Now, I'm sure that Anna was ridiculed throughout her lifetime. Can't you imagine? I'm, I'm confident that there were people that probably in the marketplace talked behind her back. Can you believe, Anna? I mean, this has been like day 300. She's letting herself go. Her hair must be. I mean, I'm sure she was. I guarantee you there were plenty of people in Anna's world who simply couldn't understand the way that she was choosing to live her life. She was weird. But Anna traded in the normal for weird. And because of that, do you know that, 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 that she was one of the first people to see Jesus the Messiah? Did you know because Anna became a little weird, she was the first woman to publicly proclaim his arrival? I mean, check this out. Anna got front row seats to the biggest news in the history of the world. Why? Because she stopped worrying about what other people thought. She began to color outside the lines, and she became obsessively focused on serving the Lord. She was a weirdo. But because of that, oh, God found favor on her and blessed her. It's time for us to get weird. It's time for us to think a little bit differently than the culture. It's time for us to be willing to color outside the lines and, 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 and to not give a rip of what popular opinion may be around us. Listen, following Christ is not a call for us to fit in with the world but to stand out. It's time to be the tree. It's time to be a little bit different. It's time to be a people set ablaze so that others can come and watch us burn. Amen? 
I love this passage of Scripture, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I want to read it from the message translation again because I just love the way it reads. Listen to the word of God. It says this, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. And you'll be changed from the inside out. You'll readily recognize what he wants from you and you'll quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. Here's what God does. God brings out the best in you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Listen, it's time for us not to try to fit in any longer. It's time for us to stand out. It's time for us to be a little weird. In fact, I believe that part of being a true follower is being willing to be weird. And it, is, it does involve being willing to go against the flow of what others say is normal. I'm so tired of the world telling me what's normal. You've got to look this way. You've got to shop here. You've got to have this and that. And, it's, and you can never keep up with it. You can't. It's futile. Another SAT word. I don't know what it means. It just sounds fun to say it. We're called to be a little bit different. James chapter 4 verse 4 drives this point home like a sledgehammer. Look what James says. You adulterers, exclamation mark. (laughs) Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? And I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Hey, listen, if you try to follow Christ and win everyone's applause, you can't really follow Christ. That's why I'm on the hunt for some weirdos. That's why I'm looking this Christmas for some people that will be willing to be a little abnormal, bizarre, freakish, people that will be odd, people that will be willing to stand out, people that are peculiar, hmm, just different. That's what we're called to be. You know what's odd, bizarre, freakish, weird, peculiar to me? It's, um, it's a gr- group of, of dudes sitting on a Wednesday night out around fire pits chatting it up. It's weird to me. Guys don't sit around and talk. There was no alcohol involved. And we sat there. No one left. I dismissed them. Guys, go home. Go home to your families. Go bathe. You smell like a chimney. Go. Guys wouldn't leave. You know why? Because they're weird. And iron sharpens iron. They just couldn't get enough of each other. Right, John? It was good, wasn't it? You know what else is weird? It's, it's, it's doctors like a Richard and Michelle Holcomb. They give up a week of vacation. They close their businesses to go down and offer free health care and counseling to anybody that needs it. That's weird. Who does that? You got limited time off and, and, and you're giving free health care? That's 
your weirdos. It's weird. You, you know what else? It, 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 it's just, it's weird that, that you can come into a place like this and a thing called a church and celebrate and smile and high five and hug and literally have a good time with the gospel. I, see, we've been taught that the gospel's boring. We, we've been taught that this thing called the Christ life means that you can't have fun. It sucks the fun out of you. It's time to be weird, isn't it? It's time to step out. It's time to be a little abnormal and odd. And I'm looking for some fellow weirdos. So I just wonder today, are you willing to live like Christ has called you? Even if it means you're going to stand out from the crowd? Hey, are, are, are you inspired by, by, by the lives that we've talked about even today who, who, who looked different from, from the normal people of their time? Or, or, or do you just want to blend in? You want to be just like everyone else? Are, are you willing to, to stop trying to fit in and, and embrace this, this unusual life that God created for you? Are you ready? to be weird our community needs to see a bunch of weirdos people that live differently and I believe I believe that we can do that I'm going to invite you to stand today thank you guys for, for listening and for putting up with me and I pray that somehow today you've been encouraged and I pray that you would continue to let the Holy Spirit speak into you what he's saying right now. Because can we just be honest? We all have some things in us that the world has just snuck in a little too strongly. Hasn't he? I sit sometimes and I listen to a, a rude joke without speaking up. I, I sometimes notice somebody uh, uh, around me, Cade, that, that is struggling and they're troubled. It's so easy to be concerned about, I've got to get to my next appointment. And I miss that opportunity. So easy for me to listen to, to some of the same music so that I can come up with a, a, a great musical line for you to impress you and wow you. And, and oh, by the way, it's, it's still easy for me to want you to like me today and what I said to you. I battle those things. I, from time to time, watch things besides the God-anointed channel of ESPN on TV. And, and I let other worldly media things kind of sneak in. Am I talking to anybody today or is it just me? It's time for us to become weird. Lord Jesus, that's my prayer for us, is that, God, we would be willing to be a little abnormal, odd, peculiar, bizarre, weird, freakish for you, a little eccentric, that we'd be strange in our behavior, God. God, not, not enough. We want to freak people out and be mental, but no, God, we want to. We want to live this life you've called us to live. And this thing called the Christ life is abnormal in the days and times in which we live. It was abnormal when you were here, Jesus. It is really abnormal today. But God, I pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit within us and the love that, that we have received, God, it would drive us to live 
this thing called the Christ life for your glory. God, let us be the tree. Let us be the vantage point that people use to get a clear picture as to who Jesus is. God, let us be weird. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. You're dismissed. Thank you.